Welcome to Flip the Switch on Life podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Marie. I'm an embodiment life coach here to help you live an empowered and soulful life. I guide women towards self-healing to take back their power so that they can start living life by their own rules and embrace their true authenticity. This podcast is your go-to where I will be giving you all the tools and resources to start the process of self-healing, doing the deep inner work, and developing your spiritual wellness. There is so much power in embodying your true self, but we often allow fear and comfortability control our lives keep us playing small and settling for less than we deserve. By learning to rewire your subconscious, you will discover your truest and your highest self. You will learn how to take back control and flip the switch on your life. So thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome back. This week we have an amazing guest. Harrison Marr. He is a spiritual love coach, host of the Cosmic Love Antenna. He is light and shadow integrated, and he helps spiritual beings reconnect to their cosmic heart space and obtain the remembrance of who they truly are through what he calls mind-body-soul synchronizing and activating your cosmic love antenna so that you can call in your dream partner. Wow. Uh, such an amazing conversation we had around love consciousness, around spiritual partnerships. So if you, my friend, are feeling like you're in a transition from relationship to relationship or just out of, out of a relationship or maybe you are in a new relationship and you're just trying to figure out if he or she is the one, um, wherever you are in your love journey, this is such an incredible conversation that you're not going to want to miss. And we got, we dive deep into the practicality of partnerships and soulmates. And we also dive into the spiritual essence of what it takes to really align yourself with the right partner and how to call the right partner. in. so let's get right in. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in this week. I'm so excited to uh, have my guest here today, and we're going to be diving into all the things of love and consciousness and spiritual partnerships. Um, so I'm really excited to introduce my good friend, Harrison Marr. Thank you for coming on the show today. I'm so excited to be here, Jessica. I um, I had the pleasure to have you on my show recently, and I was so captivated by your energy. So when you suggested that we do this I was like oh yeah let's let's just keep it going let's keep absolutely yes yeah 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 yeah. it's we've been having really great conversations um so I'm so excited and I'd love for you to introduce yourself tell us a little bit about what you do and who you are I love it so I am a spiritual love mentor and coach and very simply what that means is my passion and purpose in this world at the moment is to walk lost and awakening spiritual souls from their head back into their heart space right in all the ways and it starts off with a lot of emotional healing and release and moving through trauma and cutting cords and cleansing all those things and where it ends up taking us to is a deep realization of the consciousness of love that we actually are so i work a lot in the emotional world 
and I live in the spiritual awakening world as well. Mm, I'm so excited. Diving into this yeah, me too. Um, especially <laughs> specifically because I'm navigating breakup. And I think right now my, my head is getting curious about diving deeper into spiritual partnerships. And I think when we're doing this work so much, we are so focused on ourselves, but we also have to like recognize who we're attracting. And so something that you shared was that you want to help people get out of their head into their heart. And before I even get into that, I want to ask what got you into this work? Well, the short answer is me. I mm. I am the reason I got into this work, right? All of my challenges and pains and traumas and healings, right? That's the short answer. The long answer is my soul, and I, I, I try and say this as minus the ego as much as I can, but my soul is, has been around the block is what we would say in Australia has been around a few different incarnations. And for a very long time, what that means is I've had a lot of, you know, innate knowing and wisdom flowing out of me very easily, right? When I have quote unquote, normal conversations with people, I, I, I just can't be on the surface and there's nothing wrong with being on the surface and the people that live in that world, that's divine. But for me, I'm the kind of man that, wants to be having a conversation around what are your incarnations? What are your soul traits? What are, what is, what is your spiritual partnership in your life at the moment? What mm -hmm. is the karma that you're currently moving in? So, you know, the, the, to land here is I got into this work because I wanted to scratch my own itch and help other people do the same. Did you, were you navigating at all? Like love, experiences or relationships i should yeah. say before yeah. you like found this more of a deeper purpose yeah so i i'm just trying to think about how far to go back i in my teenage years i trigger warning for people tuning in i was sexually abused and a big reason for that was i suppressed a lot of my divine feminine characteristics as a man, right? I didn't, mm. I didn't uh, see it as a manly trait stories mm. that I was playing to express sensitivity and emotionalities. And fast forward into my adolescence, I was abused. And a big part of that was because of that suppression. And then because of that abuse, I found myself in a lot of toxic relationships. You mentioned at the start of this chat, attracting in partners right i attracted in partners to help me see the shadows around that abuse that mm. i wasn't integrating and healing so i ended up seeing that and um starting to do my own work around it mm. and and thank you so much for sharing your vulnerability here um i i think that it's so powerful to witness men sharing their emotions or their vulnerabilities in their sexuality, in their sensuality and, um, wounding in their feminine, you know, I think as women, as a, you know, as I speak as a woman and from my clients that I work with, it's sometimes we, like, you know, I think I can speak for all of us at one point, it, it feels sometimes challenging to find 
the emotional depth and intelligence within the the masculine and it's just really beautiful to hear just how vulnerability can be our superpower and really allow our pain into purpose and so something that's coming up for me right now is you know asking you what what is that first step um when we start to recognize the relationships because it, it for you you know it for all of us right that like are living our purpose or some degree of our path it always starts with us and so however that's so valid but what was your like pain to purpose moment for you to recognize that you had to start looking inward because I think a lot of us both men and women here find it challenging to look at ourselves. And when we talk about love, like we all want a life partner, we all want a soulmate. Like, how do we start to do like get through that? Like shamey, icky, like, Oh, I don't want to look at that part of myself, but I know I need to. Well, I think the thing that's coming through in this moment to share is I think first realizing that you don't need to. And Mm. what I mean, and what I mean by that is, I'll share a little bit more of my story. I grew up religious and I grew up as a little boy that perceived my higher power as something outside of me, a man on a cloud mm-hmm. judging me, ticking boxes, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I had this unconscious belief that I needed to do all the things right. If not, I would be judged. If mm. not, I would be sent to hell. If not, I would be, you know, marked as evil. Mm. And unconsciously what that created was a, a being that was striving to do all the things or else, or I wasn't valuable, I wasn't enough, I wasn't worthy. So coming back to your question, what's the first step we must take to sort of go deeper into ourselves to whether we want a partnership or love or healing is to take the pressure off ourselves, Mm. is to to realize that we are given free will for a reason, right? Mm. We get to choose to either heal or not to heal. Mm. And whatever path we take, we're good, right? We're not... Mm. Yes, there is an optimal path in which we expand, in which we balance karma, in which we bring in a beautiful partnership and we raise our consciousness. But if we do none of those things, we'll come back. We'll have another life and we'll go again. And there's mm. no judgment in that. Mm. So what about the people that are like, wait, I only have one life and or I want to focus on this part of my life. Yeah. And it's it's how do we... Cause I think that there is so much validity to taking the pressure of off ourselves because we put so much pressure on ourselves. And also, I think also when we talk about shadow work or we talk about like integrating the parts of ourselves that we've disowned, right. We all have those shamey, um, resentful, maybe mistakes we've made. And some of us yeah. like want to just shove them way down. I know I have in my oh. past too, but when I bring them to the surface and I reclaim them, it's like, I feel even more in my alignment. So how do we get to that place of like knowing like, okay, I, we, we, I see the power and I see the um, release of not changing, but what about the people that are like, I want my partner and I want it in yeah. this lifetime, yeah. but how do I start doing the work to call him or her in? So for those people, this is this, these points are connected. And what I mean by this is 
if you want to attract in a partner, let's use an example. Let's say I want to attract in a spiritual partner that is graceful or a spiritual partner that is kind. There's two ways I can approach that. One, I can go out there and push and search and force and claim that person that has those characteristics. Or option two, I become those things that I want to see in the world and I attract that partner in. Mm. So I say that because we need to reverse engineer this. Mm. If, I, if I want a partner that is worthy, is valuable, is abundant, that I must be those characteristics first. Because mm-hmm. if I'm not, because I want this so clear, I want this to be heard for everyone. If I'm not those characteristics that they are, that's codependency, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I, will, I will continue to have them in my life thinking that they are giving me those things. Mm. Oof. Oof. Can we just take a moment? Yes. <laughs> yes. If I am not embodying those qualities, then if I have that, I'm codependent on it because we're not whole. Yeah. Right. And so thinking about that in the way of like, you know, I've, I've met a lot of friends. Um, I've had a lot of clients where they've shared with me, like, I don't know what I did to deserve this person. Um, he has everything that I need and I don't, I don't understand why I have him. Um, because I've been in such crappy relationships and it's like, at the time I'm like looking at, well, I've just attracted crappy relationship after crappy relationship. So how is it that you now have the perfect person? But then it's like, when you share that, it gives me this perspective of, there's a lot of women I've worked with that are just starting to unveil themselves and they're unhappy now in their relationships and they've just had it all. So could you dive a little bit deeper into that for us, please? Explain the point again. So they had it all. Well, the codependency they... aspect of it. Yeah. Because I think that there are a lot of, like, personally for me, whether it was a client or a friend, I've I've had women share with me that they've been in an awful relationship and then they just attracted this like perfect human, so to speak, and they have it all. And they're like, I don't know how, like, I don't know how I, I got I found him because I've just been in such a crappy relationship. And then I would compare it to myself and I'm like, well, no, like for me, it was like bad person after bad person, so to speak. Right. I'm not trying to talk negatively about my partners, but I, I I haven't found that. So I was like really interested to hear your perspective on the codependency aspect of the qualities that when we don't have them and we're seeking them and we find them that we're creating the codependency there. Yeah. So I was trying to find a quote from Deepak Chopra, but uh, I can't find it here at the moment. So I will, I will paraphrase it, but Deepak teaches that uh, love, love doesn't come from a place of lack, right? It comes from a place of fullness comes from Mm. a place of wholeness. So if we're in any kind of dynamic, let's, let's just expand it. Like, yes, we're talking about spiritual partnerships here, but let, let's speak about any friendship. And we ask ourselves, is that thing that that person, that I, that I love about that person, is that in me? Am mm-hmm. I, let's be honest about it. 
is that yeah. thing in me at the moment? Mm-hmm. depending on how you answer that question, you'll find out where you are on that codependency scale, right? And mm-hmm. there's no judgment here, right? This is this is not a you working out your codependent, then that relationship needs to end. No, this is an awareness game. This is a healing game. This is a shadow work game, right? This is maybe that that partnership is toxic. Maybe it's, there's abuse there. Maybe there's assault there. Then, of course, you need to cut that. Mm-hmm. But we have to give people the opportunity to evolve. We have to give people the opportunity to expand, to shift their consciousness. And this is one of the other metrics of a spiritual partnership. It's feeling the love so deeply that you feel safe enough to express that shadow that you have, that to express that, hey, I am codependent on your trait of grace, kindness, uh, you know, courage. Help me. What can we do? How can this container now be a beautiful, I get a, like a pot plant or a, or a bed <laughs> of growth that we can now shift and change together? Mm. And, I, and I love that too, because when you're in an emotionally intelligent relationship, you can have those type of conversations, right? But I think for some of us listening, maybe we're not in super healthy relationships. And, you know, when you were talking, I was, I was reflecting back to, yeah, like love is not from a place of lack and the amount, um, or women I've worked with throughout my career thus far, they've been in relationships where they are now starting to want to get divorced. And I'm like, is this like, is this my my fault? (laughs) You know, at first, but I started to obviously look deeper in me, like, no, they're just like reclaiming their true self. And yeah. this relationship wasn't fully aligned. And they started to recognize there were parts of themselves that weren't alive and weren't, yeah. uh, they were so did, like attached to, to the outcome. And they would always say, you know, this person's amazing, this and that, but now I'm starting to really reconsider what I, what I'm doing. And so I can even relate into a way with my relationship recently that just ended where I felt like we weren't really aligned. And, um, and it was definitely a space of like qualities and looking at certain parts of like, where was I depending on the other person? So that makes a lot of sense for, for us to really look at where we attaching love from. And when we don't like, you know, they always say like opposites attract, but I feel like with qualities, you need to be on the same like wavelength, right? Like you need to be on the same page let let's i want to come back to that i want to let's i want to come back to that point but i just want to speak very quickly to the divorce and the separation piece mm, because mm. i our our paths are so similar in so many ways <laughs> i've also had clients that have gone through uh separation and had that same story playing in my mind of am i a bad person for facilitating this separation and i think this is a problem uh at large that we have as a society around in a relationship, seeing the 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 ending of that relationship as a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's a there's a term in the in the conscious community at the moment called conscious uncoupling, right? And it it's the idea that divorce, relationship ending is not it's not a negative thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not a something that should be pushed into the corner and we should feel judgment around, right? Mm-hmm. Like anything you know we're energy right and energy is neither destroyed or created it's either it's transforming or moving into something else so 
we can apply this to a relationship. If we bring conscious awareness to the fact that this partnership is no longer serving either one person or both persons conscious expansion, mm-hmm. then that it's okay to leave. It's okay to move on. Yeah. And I, and I love that point too, because again, I can relate that to myself where it was just, we both were not in a place where we could serve each other and be our best fullest selves. And it was the first time I ever sat with myself and looked at somebody that I absolutely loved. And like, we both were like, this is the best thing for both of us and walked away like amicably. Like I've never been able to be at that place of awareness and consciousness. And I remember I would get comments of just like, how are you? Like, I, I hated my ex. I did this, I did that. And I'm like, girl, same girl. Like this is a new um, level of myself where I'm actually looking at both parts and saying like, like consciously uncoupling. Yeah. Like I I personally, I've never really heard of that term before, but when you explain it, it makes all the sense that like, we're both in a space where we're not aligning with our highest selves and we're just choosing to let that go, even though it's painful. So I think that for a lot of us, like, um, I've been having a lot of, um, people on the podcast talking about starting over and embracing more of this, like challenging aspect of ourselves, and learning how to still move through it with grace in this grieving process. But I love what you share and I love your perspective, perspective. I love your perspective on the uncoupling and thinking like it's such a negative thing when truthfully, Mm -hmm. sometimes it can just be an empowering moment for you to like reclaim those parts of you, whether or not you get back with that person or you find a, like you're yeah. like, you're right. You're the right partner. But I think that's something worth to share. And, um, Harrison, I'd love you to dive a little bit deeper into like consciousness with the soulmates aspect, because, you know, I was told that we have multiple soulmates yeah. in this lifetime. Yeah. And I would agree with that. And I think this, that connects perfectly to this point that we were just speaking about, about the conscious uncoupling, right? So much of us have had religious indoctrination that we mm-hmm. have to be married to one person for the rest of our lives. If, and if not, we're again, going to be persecuted. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. All the things. And it's, you know, I, I have love for all of the souls tuning in that may be still in these belief systems, but cannot be further from the truth. And I, just with the work I've done with uh, past lives and different incarnations, just in my own life, right? I've seen multiple, multiple soulmates, multiple soul family, right? We're all, without going too deep, but we're all connected at the highest level. And what that means from this relationship lens is that there will always be a resonance in which we can connect to a partner that is there to bring us something right because that's what a soulmate is in many ways mm-hmm. it's a it's a resonance of teaching it's a resonance mm-hmm. of consciousness expansion and i think it's again it's just removing all judgment all negativity around how does this feel to me well i'll just i'll make it simple test that belief right ask yourself this belief around me only having one soulmate, how does that feel in my body? Does that make me feel expansive? Does that make me feel blissful? Does that make me feel happy? Does that make me feel joyous? Or does it make me feel restricted? Does it make me feel tight? Do I have fear consciousness moving through me? Mm. That's 
that's a really good place to start. Mm, I love that. Wow. Because I, I feel for a lot of us, we're like, well, my life partner and this and that. And like, I mean, we can even go down the avenue of polyamory, right? Because that's a whole different thing. And so, um, but I think ultimately like talking about monogamy, even like having multiple soulmates, I think we look at that and please add on or correct me if I'm wrong, but my perception of soulmates is that everyone that we date is a soulmate because they are here teaching us a lesson, whether or not it's our life partner or um, someone in your, in our life for a short period of time, but like, and I mean, long-term dating too. Well, I don't know, maybe that's not even accurate as well. Like maybe it is every, almost everyone that we, we have a connection with and, and kind of have a dance with, if you will, because we're navigating our own inner landscapes. And, you know, I think, and I feel like it's so valid to say that our relationships are actually really like the epicenter of our growth and of our connection with ourselves or spirituality. I mean, I don't think I've grown more from anything else other than relationships, really. Uh, Of course, like, you know, trauma and stuff, but I think relationships are probably what, like the second runner up of that. I would, I would say it's, I I would say it's the thing I would say, I would say trauma is second to relationships Mm. because let, let, let me go into that a little bit because it connects to what you're saying about soulmates. And I, I prescribe to your belief of, you know, all of these deeper, meaningful connections being a soul connection, soul learning, soulmate in some way. But let's ask ourselves why, right? Why is that? And I'll go all the way to the deepness, right? If you, and this is what I talk about in my book and the work that I do from a spiritual lens, your deepest source is one of love, right? And I don't, I don't mean the emotion of love or the feeling of love. I mean, the consciousness of love itself. That if, if we were to describe the trait of presence, oneness, God, it is love. It's love is the trait of it. So if we understand that, okay. So if I'm love, you're love. Why, why are we here? What are we doing? What, what's, mm-hmm. what's, what's the meaning of this? And I don't, I don't pretend to be the person that knows the meaning of life, but what I do prescribe to is that we all came from a one source. And if that one source is love, why did that one source need to make different expressions? Why did it need to make Harrison? Why did it need to make Jessica? Well, when I sit with that question, it's so that that love can experience itself, Mm. right? So love can interact in relation with another aspect of love. So the love that is Harrison can be in relation with the love that is Jessica and learn all the different things that happen in between that relation. Mm. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I think that's such a, a beautiful way to put it. And I think for our listeners that are, you know, really thinking about that, it's like the vibration of love, yes. like the level of consciousness of love is the vi- like we've all felt like unconditional love at some point, I hope. Um, and maybe that was just for a glimpse but I, I think that when we are operating at that standpoint and we find somebody that is some sort of attraction to us, like a lot of the times we're like, I don't know why I'm attracted to this person, but I am. And it's like, yeah. I think that's like our consciousness is connecting in yes. that way. And you're, we're about to do a dance, whatever, whether that is a six month dance or a year dance or a forever dance. And so 
I think when we can kind of think about our relationships in that way, it kind of, it's almost, again, I think this is like a higher way of thinking about it, like a conscious, emotionally intelligent way of thinking about it. But I think that's where like you can become conscious in that potential that if needed, like uncoupling, right. To get to a place of like, I see you for you, you see me for me. But I see that this is not aligning with me and it's not aligning with you because we wouldn't be here and having these conversations or arguments or this and that and the other. And then of course the opposite can happen, right? Where we feel like we're very soul connected. Like you just, it's like this, when you're connected on a soul level, I think you just feel that. Like I have yet to experience that, but I felt that with like my friends where I'm like, girl, we just, we just get each other like a whole, like. I don't know what it is about you, but I'm so deeply attracted to our energies and we flow yeah. so easy. Like, you know, and I think those are soulmates yes. in, in friendships. Yeah. 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 You're speaking, you're speaking about, you said the word, I just want to pull out one word feeling, hmm. right? When I, you asked me at the start of this chat, what I do in this world. Right. And I said, I walk people from the head to the heart. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things that opens on that journey is your ability to feel. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I just, I want to underline this here because most of us are not doing this. Most mm-hmm. of us are staying in the thinking, if you want to call it, the thinking aspect of consciousness, right? We're just thinking and logically breaking down everything that's happening. And that's beautiful. We need to do that. What we also need to do is feel. We need to mm-hmm. feel into any given situation. And you're very astute when you say you're, you've been connecting to it in the friendships. But I'll just, I just want to give you some love, Jessica. It's only a matter of time until that happens in romantic partnerships because the way that I describe the heart is a, is a flower, is a, as a lotus flower. And most of us have that flower closed right? Yeah. But the more time we spend in that heart, whether it be in friendships or romantic connections or family, the petals of the heart begin to open, right? They begin to open up and they open up through different aspects of feeling, compassion, grace, forgiveness, acceptance, all these things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's just such a beautiful way to put it. And my last thing on soulmates is that I don't know why this is coming up, but I feel like a listener would be asking like, okay, this is great. But like, how do I know when I found my soulmate <laughs> and how to, and, and also do we know how many soulmates we have yeah. in this lifetime? I love, I love all these, these practical, these audience questions because <laughs> this, this, this tests me. I love it. So as soon as we think, <laughs> as soon as we and I don't want to say get lost, but as soon as we become overcome by needing to know, needing to prescribe knowing to the situation, that is our that is our first instance that we need to release that. Mm. So let me let me explain it from another angle. If I have someone that comes into my life, let's let's you I'm gonna use you, Jessica, as an example. And you make me feel a certain way. You make me feel expansive. You make me feel joyous. You make me feel, you know, this energy moving through me. But then the mind comes in and asks me those same questions of, 
is this a soulmate? Is this a deeper connection? What's going on? Is this number four or number six or number eight? It automatically takes you out of the feeling. It automatically takes you out of the, the consciousness that you were just in. Mm. So the reason I say that is your, the consciousness of love that's in your heart that connects to soulmates, it's connected to your source, your divinity that's inside of you. Mm-hmm. And that source contains infinitely more knowledge and awareness than your mind will ever conceive. Mm. So what I'm getting at here, just to land this, when the mind comes in to break down a spiritual conversation around soulmates, as the example here, it is usually in the surrendering of the question itself, we get an answer, right? In the letting go of needing to know, the answer comes in. Does that make sense? Yes. And I think that we can relate to this in some way where maybe we're really craving to get a new job, for example, because we, we dislike our, our new one and we end up landing that job or getting that offer. And then while that, like something we wanted so bad is here and now we're actually like, well, now I have it. Do I actually want it? Like same, same concept and thought process there. Yeah. I think we can all relate to a time where we thought we really wanted something. We get it. And we realize I don't really want that anymore. Yeah. Why did I think I wanted it? Yeah. It's ego, right? Mm. It's the little self thinking it's these things, right? Mm. It's the little Harrison. When I say little, I say the the human that isn't the vast expanse of spiritual being, right? The little human that thinks it's that relationship, the little human that thinks it's that job, the little human that thinks that we're just speaking about your beautiful retreat, right? The little human that thinks that it's that retreat. And the reason that you, when you get there and it doesn't give you the thing that you thought it would, would give you is you were never that thing. That was never you, right? And this goes back to spiritual partnerships and attracting in the love that you want. It, the first step will always be remembering your wholeness and completeness and value already. Mm. And then you take the step. Mm. I, I think that's something to really point out here too, is that like, you know, when I talk to my clients too, and you know, they're being challenged with being alone or being challenged with, um, you know, desiring a partner and, you know, I always say them, like, say to them that, you know, we have to do the work to reparent ourselves and to make sure that we feel whole. And sometimes they look at me like, what the fuck are you saying? (laughs) You know, and I think that you just described it so beautifully, because we need to find our beauty first. And we also, again, we can kind of compare from our last experiences you know, since we're on the topic of relationships on like our last relationships and ask ourselves, like what part of me was so codependent on X. And it's like, oh, maybe it was codependency on my partner, um, you know, maybe financially supporting me. And then it's, you look at yourself, well, do I feel like I can support me? What is my relationship with money? Oh, it's non-existent. Oh, well, there you go. You were filling that void instead of, yeah. and not, and we're not here saying you need to be perfect because there's no such thing yeah. as that. But the qualities that you need in a, in a partner, you have to start pouring into yourself because thinking about if love is attracted from love and not lack, 
then you're actually going to be receiving the thing that you actually want. If you start doing that reparenting or inner work on yourself, the shadow work, like you shared within yourself to get to a place where you feel I am good and who I am. And you're just complimenting me versus like when people say like, Oh, um, what do they say? Uh, it's blinking on me right now. The, um, you complete me. Yeah. You complete me. And sometimes I'm like, don't say that, (laughs) you know, because truthfully it should be, I am, I am whole. You're just adding on and helping me expand. I'm trying to get up another quote. I can't, I'm not (laughs) doing good with these today, but I gave you a, um, when we had our last chat, I gave you a beautiful book to read that I would, I would definitely recommend everyone tuning in to read. And it's called spiritual partnerships by, uh, Gary Zukov. And he defines a spiritual partnership as gardeners in adjoining plots, mm. right? So it's basically what you're saying here, right? This this beautiful dynamic that we're looking for, how I would describe it, is two perfectly imperfect spiritual beings having a human experience, holding hands together and stepping forward together, right? Realizing that they still have things that are growing and seeding inside of them, but they take responsibility for those things, right? Mm -hmm. They don't project, they don't expect, they don't attach, but they take responsibility, but they continue to hold hands together and cooperate. Mm. Mm. I love that. I love that um, definition of spiritual partnerships. And so my last question to you is that for anyone listening here and they're like, okay, like I'm ready to do the work. Where do I start with calling in their life partner or their soulmate? And we don't know next or future. We don't know, but we'll in present tense. Yeah. Well, I'll give, can I give three, I'll give three steps. Okay. Because this is, there's usually more than one thing to be done, Mm. right? We only ever need to do one thing in the moment, but if we have this little basket of of options, then we can always bring awareness, right? So the first is you said reparenting, right? And I want to add an extra word there. Reparenting what? Reparenting our inner child, right? Mm -hmm. Our relationship shadows, our relationship, if you want to call them challenges or dysfunctions, 99% of them began in childhood, Mm -hmm. right? So it's doing work to reparent, but reparent that beautiful little boy or little girl that didn't have that need met growing up, meeting it ourselves, and then seeing our relationship manifest from there, right? Mm -hmm. The second is we need a daily silence practice, Mm. right? And for me, it looks like meditation, breath work, connecting to nature, Whatever it is for you, you need to have a moment in your day where you go within. Because if you don't, you will continue to externalize the self. You'll continue to be looking outside of you for the thing to fill that hole. Mm -hmm. And as we've spoken about today, that's the challenge. Mm -hmm. And then step three is reconnecting in that silence to your place of power. Mm. Okay. And by that, I mean God, divine, source your higher self, Allah, Gaia, whatever you want to call it. But you need to have a practice of silence that reacquaints you with that power. 
because it is that power that will remind you of the wholeness, of the fullness, of the worthiness that you will want to see in the person that you're attracting in. Mm. Wow. How'd it go? <laughs> A lot for us to like marinate on. Oof, I love that. Uh, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have nothing else to, say, to add to that. I think other than just like <laughs> embodying that, right? And just yeah. doing that work, allowing it to transmute and giving it time, giving it space and not chasing, but just being. And I yeah. think when you can get to that place of feeling confident in yourself to just be like the right person is going to walk in your life at the right time and compliment you, not to say you won't ever have disagreements, but it, it you'll just know, you'll just yeah. feel it's different in that regard. So I love that so much. And um, Harrison, I know that you mentioned a few times that you wrote a book, like, yeah. that's amazing. Can you tell us more like what that is about? I would love to, but let me say one more thing because you you stimulated something very important <laughs> with being and attracting in. Mm. I, I I just want to make sure people hear this, that your current physical location and whether you have access to people or not is not is not a determining factor of whether you bring in a partner. So what I what I'm what I'm saying by that is I'll just give me as an example. I live in a small town in Australia, in a little home by myself, in a, in, with, with, I won't say no community, but very minus community. Yet, in the last six months, I've attracted in partnerships that have been beyond profound. And mm. I'm not special, right? The, what I'm tapping into is we all, we all can tap into. So I just, I share that point because a lot of people out there, they feel like they need to, they need to go to the place. They need to move to the big city. They need to, they need to have that big spiritual community. Otherwise that partner won't come. Well, yeah. And a lot of people say too, like, oh, I'm not going to meet anybody in X or where I'm at. Yeah. That's not true. Right. I want to just, I want to pop that myth, right. It will come, but you need to believe it, right. Mm. The moment the moment you believe it not so is the moment that that becomes reality. Mm. So, so believe it first and then it shifts. Mm. We're going to table that because otherwise we will go for another. Uh, yeah. I want to be, it's right there. I want to be respectful of your time. <laughs> uh, maybe that can be part two, because I think yeah. that's something that I'm sure a lot of us are like, uh, wait, what are you talking yeah. about? Because I hear that so often and yeah. I mean, just to wrap that in a bow, yeah. your beliefs are so much more powerful. So if you feel like you will not find your partner, you will not find your partner. If you feel that you are broke, universe is going to give you more evidence that you're broke. Same concept applies here. So all to say without going down that rabbit hole in the moment is think about what you actually want. And if you want to find your life partner in your city or wherever you are, you will attract that, but you have to yeah. like let go of the outcome. And you also have to let go of the belief that it won't be possible no matter where you are. Cause I think that's just such a beautiful example of yourself to, to share. So thank you so much for just wrapping that love conversation just up so perfectly for everyone. My pleasure, my friend to answer your original question. 
thought Never. I'd segue again. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, my book is named after my podcast and my coaching, it's your cosmic love antenna, define, embody, and emit your unique frequency of love. And mm. it's very much connected to everything we've been talking about today. It really sets the intention to help you reconnect and reawaken that frequency of love that you are so you can attract a partnership so you can manifest that opportunity so you can do the things in your life that you deserve to step into and i really break it down in a very practical way i talk about a lot of uh, actions and tools and share my experiences and if people are interested you can look it up on amazon or go to the website cosmicloveantenna.com Oof, I will definitely add that into the show notes. And then my last couple of questions is one, where can we connect with you? Where do you hang out the most? And two, do you have anything that we can get involved in? Um, of course, we're all going to like buy this book, but yeah. is there anything else that you're um, like new projects or anything that you're working on that we can get involved with? So, well, Jessica, I just want to say thank you for you. And thank you for this space. And oh, thank you. I, fe I felt so activated this whole time. So as someone that creates a space for other people, I really appreciate when someone can create the rocket ship, rocket ship needed to blast off into all the places. So mm -hmm. I appreciate you. Um, for people interested, I'm I basically hang out on all the social media platforms at Harrison Ma, Ma spelled M E A G H E R. So Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, uh, Threads. I've been exploring, which has been really interesting. And in terms of new things going on. There are some things coming. If people have an offer at the moment for your beautiful listeners, if they tune into my coaching, go to my website and they sign up for a discovery call, I'll throw in an extra uh, 10 days to any coaching container for free that they want to dive deeper into with me to explore their love consciousness mm -hmm. and um, stay up to date. I have some things percolating, co-creations with beautiful souls that I've met recently. Ooh. We're really excited and we're excited to connect with you. Everyone go connect with Harrison on Instagram, TikTok, Reds, all the places. All the things. Um, yes, all the things. Everything will be linked in the show notes. And again, Harrison, thank you so much for this like really uplifting, empowering conversation mm -hmm. on spiritual love partnerships ultimately. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Flip the Switch on Life. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you appreciate the show, please jump over to iTunes, give us some stars. If you're feeling for it, write a review. And if you want to learn more about these topics that we discussed today, check out the show notes for more information. Or you can also come hang out, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Instagram is Jessica Marie Step, And I will see you guys next week.